Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll look back on the past year with Carson Callum, General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. Also, we'll get a year-end market update from Chuck Penner, President of Leftfield Commodity Research. Up first in today's country comment, Kristen Phillips with Manitoba Egg Days will have details on the postponement of the 2022 January show. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The 2022 edition of Manitoba Egg Day, scheduled for January 18th to the 20th at the Keystone Centre in Brandon, has been postponed. I got details this morning from General Manager Kristen Phillips. When the regulations and orders came out to go down to 250 people per event, that just obviously doesn't work with a farm show of our magnitude. And we want to make sure that we're putting on a safe and secure show for everyone. And so at this point, we are going to postpone our gate. You know, at this stage of the planning, just how, how hard was it or how disappointing was it to, to have to make this decision? Uh, you know, I just, I feel so bad for all of our exhibitors. You know, it's been a long two years of trying to get back to an in-person farm show. And we really believe we could deliver on that. And we put all the plans and processes into place. And so it is, it's disappointing and frustrating, but we know that we're making the right decision to postpone. And uh, when we're back, we'll be better than ever. And what will happen with uh, ticket sales that have already been been sold? Yeah, all tickets will be warranted for the next um, show date. Um, As soon as we can confirm that with the Keystone Centre, we'll be making an announcement, hopefully um, sooner than later, hoping by the end of this week. Will you be offering uh, refunds for people who uh, wanted wanted a refund? Yeah, obviously we will work through that with each individual. Um, we have contact information for everyone who has booked tickets, so we will be reaching out to them as soon as we know um, what the future plan is. For future dates, is there a challenge there with you know rescheduling all the speakers and everything like that? Or <laughs> truthfully, it's the venue. The Keystone Centre is an amazing facility, and it has lots of events booked at it. Uh, where Egg Days is unique is we use the entire facility. You know, every single square inch of the facility is used. And so trying to find dates uh, in February and March that would work um, for our needs, plus also meet the needs of the other clients of the Keystone. So trying to be really respective of um, what they have going on and what's able to move forward. You know, there's a lot of events that will happen with 250 people, but we need to be upwards of that, you know, 10 to 20,000 people to make our show a go. All right. Uh, anything else uh, to mention here, Kristen? Or? We just thank everyone for their support and, and know that we are doing our best to try and make this happen for the egg industry and stay patient with us. That was Kristen Phillips, General Manager for Manitoba Egg Days, talking about the postponement of the 2022 show. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Egg Days has been postponed in light of new public health orders further restricting the capacity of indoor events. Organizers made the decision to postpone the 2022 show set to occur January 18th to the 20th at the Keystone Centre in Brandon to a date yet to be determined. The management team is currently working with the host facility and service providers to come up with alternate dates. Work on the next egg policy framework will continue in 2022. John Barlow is a conservative shadow critic for agriculture, agri-food, and food security. He says we need to see a review of the business risk management programs like agri-stability, but adds there's a number of other issues that should be on the table. 
We also want to see some investment and innovation and research uh, to ensure that you know, we can commercialize and, and uh, some of the, the great ideas and, and, and innovation that's happening here in Canada. Uh, unfortunately, in many cases, we're losing our best and brightest because it takes too long to, to navigate the, the bureaucratic red tape here in Canada. And, and certainly we want to modernize the Grain Act. I think that is something that uh, is certainly overdue. In his year-end interview, Barlow raised concerns about how liberal government policies are having a negative impact for farmers and ranchers, especially when it comes to trade and our relationship with the U.S., one of our most important trading partners. And the canola market was definitely bullish in 2021. Some of the key factors, a lower crop volume. Stats Canada is putting crop estimates at about 12 million tons. Along with that was an increase in demand from our domestic crushers. This, as three major companies this year announced plans to build new canola crush facilities in Saskatchewan, Chuck Penner, president of Leftfield Commodity Research, says it's all positive. Some of them are, are being built on the premise that we will have a, an expanded biofuel mandate in, in Canada that will require more canola oil. And uh, so that's all positive. Uh, the positive things are is that the, the domestic processing tends to be much more stable uh, it's not subject to geopolitical intrigues and and um, disputes and, and so on and so on. He notes it's definitely positive for the sector over the long haul as domestic demand tends to be more stable and stronger demand. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Wednesday, December 29th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler chats with the president of Leftfield Commodity Research. Today, we switch things up a little bit and talk about the markets with Chuck Penner, president of Leftfield Commodity Research. And Chuck, let's start out by talking about the oilseed markets and give us some of the highlights for this year and your expectations for next year. We already had a fairly tight situation for canola supply situation going into uh, last uh, this, this current uh, uh, marketing year. And so that's what we what we started with and then it just got worse from there and as i said then the the crop numbers the crop estimates just started dropping uh further and now we're down at about a 12 and a half million ton crop uh from statscan uh, that's their latest number uh, and i think that's probably fairly close to to reasonable uh but at the same time we've had uh, increasing uh demand from our domestic crushers and so that's been the strongest demand this year and really they haven't backed off much in terms of how much canola that they're crushing uh, what it really hurt was exports and so uh, strong demand from various countries uh, the u.s from europe from china uh, good demand from there but we just didn't have the canola to supply to them and so what that did is it brought us up to some record price levels uh, we got Canola futures up over a thousand dollars a ton, and uh, that was extremely positive uh, for those who had canola to sell. Um, but at the same time, there were also a large number that had uh, very little, or in some cases, none uh, to sell. So those high prices didn't help them uh, much at all, or, or didn't help them at all. So it's uh, it's a very positive uh, market for canola. Uh, and then as we look into next year for canola uh, the market is kind of uh, leveling off now in the last few weeks anyway uh, 
And we're, so we're trying to get a bit of a picture as to what that means for the next um, next stage. There are all kinds of um, uh, allied markets, so things like soy oil, palm oil, uh, those kind of things. And there we're seeing more softness uh, in the market. And so uh, even though canola is far, canola supplies are far tighter than any of these other crops, uh, it remains to be seen whether it can continue to rise where these other markets are starting to uh, turn a little bit lower. And so um, that's, that's, that's muted the, the outlook, the bullish outlook for canola for the, next, um, uh, for the next while. And then, of course, beyond that, then we look to see what acres are uh, in this next year. And there's all kinds of various opinions about that. Thoughts on the new canola facilities that have been announced and what that's going to mean for us in the future? Well, yeah, the, the new crush facilities, and there's a, there's a whole lot of them, and I think some of them are, are being built on the premise that we will have a, an expanded biofuel mandate in, in Canada that will require more canola oil. And uh, so that's all positive. Uh, the positive things are is that the the domestic processing tends to be much more stable. Uh, it's not subject to geopolitical intrigues and and um, disputes and and so on and so on. So it's it tends to be um, more stable demand uh, and stronger demand. Like I said, this year the crushers that are there uh, were the ones that were buying uh, canola at almost the same rate as in the past, and then. Um, while the, all of the export business kind of dropped off. So it's, it's positive and it's uh, for over the long haul. Yeah. I've been talking with Chuck Penner, president of Left Field Commodity Research for Golden Last. I'm Glendalee allen Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will take place online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, joining us now with a look back on the past year is Carson Callum, General Manager for Manitoba Beef Producers. This past year, uh, everyone's aware of how challenging the drought was and uh, the impact uh, to the beef sector was pretty dire, especially in the middle of middle of summer when drought was kind of at its peak. We saw a lot of producers having to, you know, downsize their operations due to no feed options at all, and, uh, and it was so widespread it was tough to get feed into it, even if it was a, you know, people might have thought it was a geographical area, but with it being from northwest Ontario all the way to BC, it was hard to get feed at that point. So a lot of folks had to just make that difficult but responsible decision. So. But luckily, uh, in the you know, later summer months and into the into the fall, we did get some moisture allowed for some you know pretty impressive regrowth on some of the you know damaged fields or even some of the hay hay fields. So producers were able to have some extended grazing that you know did help in some way. But you know we're not out of this um, this drought yet until we get some you know, significant snowfall or moisture over the winter here to fill up some, some fill up some of the dugouts that are pretty low and. Uh, We'll have to look forward into next year to see um, where we're sitting in, in the spring. But yeah, looking back, the drought was pretty, uh, pretty huge impact.
And talk about um, some of the uh, programs that were announced to try to help with this. Yeah, so there's been you know, a lot of different programs initially um, put forward through through MASC and um, you know some of the business risk management suites initially in the middle of summer to to try to get some feed for producers. So some of the changes that were made were to encourage grain producers to convert some of their you know damaged grain crops into feed options um, for the cattlemen and uh, cattlemen and women. And it's uh, that was considered a benefit, but you know we we continue to push as MVP for agri recovery and happy to see that 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 program received funding and um, the first one really the first it's kind of split into two different areas the first one being focused on feed sourcing and either getting feed to your operation or getting your animals to feed so there was support for if you had to purchase feed off farm um, you could uh, claim up to you know a certain amount per head um, same with uh, a transportation support to get that feed to your operation or if you needed to send animals to uh, a location that had more abundant feed, that was an option as well. And then recently they announced the, the herd management plan that's going to extend into the new year um, to support those producers that had to downsize you know, quite a bit, get rid of some of their, their animals due to the drought, and hopefully that management program uh, will allow them to have a bit of support to either retain or, or purchase some animals to, to get their, their herd size back up to pre-drought levels. So those are really the two main focus, and we continue to you know discuss with the department how how those programs could be adjusted or improved to ensure those dollars are utilized. Heading into the new year, talk about what uh, you know your focus will be heading into twenty twenty two. You know our focus is is probably going to have a bit of drought uh, in mind as well because uh, if we like I said if we don't get any real snow or moisture we might be in a really difficult position again especially from a water availability standpoint um, going into the spring so hopefully uh, hopefully that does come but we'll be you know trying to focus on what can be done if if we don't uh, get that moisture that is really needed so you know those will be probably the top level focus as it was in the past year um, drought related you know environment related those type of files and I, I consider that uh, you know from a public policy perspective, climate change is a, is a major area of focus, and, and beef plays a really important role in that. And we can really be a champion in in uh, you know maintaining a lot of these important environmental habitats. So I think that will be an important focus to ensure that you know, producers are recognized for that. Um, you know, from a public standpoint and from a financial standpoint, to support them in maintaining these important grassland habitats. So I think those will be a main focus. And then a lot of the, the other um, pieces, you know, going back to the ag recovery, ensuring those dollars are used, um, you know, before they're ne- before the time is up. Um, so producers see support in that program. And then, uh, you know, other you know, regulated regulation, things like uh, crown land changes and, and you know, and, and uh, bringing that back up to the table with, uh, with new government here. So That was Carson Callum, General Manager for Manitoba Beef Producers, looking back on the past year and looking ahead to 2022. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Canola producers have seen some strong prices in the market this year. Chuck Penner, president of Leftfield Commodity Research, says, in fact, we've seen some record prices with canola futures hitting over $1,000 a ton. However, in the last few weeks, the market seems to have been leveling off. There are all kinds of allied markets, so things like soy oil, palm oil, uh, those kind of things. And there we're seeing more softness uh, in the market. And so 
even though canola is far, canola supplies are far tighter than any of these other crops, uh, it remains to be seen whether it can continue to rise where these other markets are starting to uh, turn a little bit lower. Penner notes some of the key factors, of course, is the lower crop volume. Stats Canada is putting crop estimates at about 12 million tonnes, and to that, the increased demand from our domestic crushers and international demand. And work on the next ag policy framework will continue in 2022. John Barlow, the Conservative shadow critic for agriculture, agri-food and food security, says those negotiations are critically important. I think there's you know, two or three really important aspects to that renegotiation. Uh, and I think those would certainly be focused on uh, a review of the business risk management programs. Um, you know, obviously, agri-stability has been a bone of contention for quite some time. Uh, we don't see uh, the majority of producers um, being involved, participating in that, subscribing. So we want to see, you know, some review on that. We also want to see some investment and innovation and research uh, to ensure that, you know, we can commercialize and, and uh, some of the, the great ideas and and innovation that's happening here in Canada. Uh, unfortunately, in many cases, we're losing our best and brightest because it takes too long to, to navigate the, the bureaucratic red tape here in Canada. And, and certainly, we want to modernize the Grain Act. I think that is something that uh, is certainly overdue. Um, and, it, you know, certainly talk about, uh, you know, trade, uh, non-tariff trade barriers, uh, the shipping container issue. You know, some of these things may not be part of, of the cap renegotiation, but still should be on the table for discussion. In his year-end interview, Barlow raised concerns about how the Liberal government policies are having a negative impact for farmers and ranchers, especially when it comes to trade and our relationship with the U.S., one of our most important trading partners. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.